Friends, let's pray together before we dig into God's Word. Heavenly Father, will you open our eyes and our hearts? Will you wake us up this morning to see you, to hear from you, to be taught by you? Will you use your word as you promised to, to change us, to shape us, to mold us, to make us look like you and trust in you and walk by faith in you? You can do these things in our church body. Even as we're separate from each other, you can do it in us and in our families and draw us together in you. And we ask that boldly in Jesus' resurrected and reigning name. Amen. Well, friends, as we said, we're going to be in the book of Habakkuk, and we're going to be looking at chapter 2, verse 4, and I can quote it to you before you can even find the minor prophets in your Bible. Habakkuk 2, 4, the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Now, I hope that verse is familiar to you. When we started this sermon series and I plugged this passage in, I kind of had it in my mind that this was one of the most quoted Old Testament verses in the New Testament. And then I did a little digging and found out it's the 12th most quoted Old Testament verse in the New Testament. So that's not nothing, but if I was Habakkuk, I wouldn't go around bragging about it. Um, but it's significant, and not just the fact that it occurs in the New Testament, but really, as we're going to see, the places that it occurs in the New Testament makes it very significant. We know that Habakkuk was a prophet. He was in the southern kingdom of Judah, and we don't know exactly when he prophesied, but we know that he did um, in an era where Judah was in danger of Babylon. So the northern kingdom is gone. Assyria has wiped her out. Now the southern kingdom is in trouble. Babylon is at her gates, and she's going to be defeated and exiled very soon. And this is the time that this prophet lives. And unfortunately, we're not going to spend a lot of time with him today, but this is a powerful prophet to read later on your own time, not least because of his bold complaints to God. He is the complaining prophet. He stands before God and says, what are you doing? What is going on in the world? Why do you, God, sit idly by when the righteous, when your people, we are suffering? What are you up to in the world? Those aren't prayers you're going to hear at a Wednesday night prayer meeting, but they are totally fitting for our time today and important for us to know that we have access to those prayers in our Bibles. One of the answers God patiently gives the prophet is to tell him, the righteous shall live by faith. In other words, God is saying, I want you to believe that I know what I'm doing in your life and in the life of the world. The righteous are going to trust that, believe that. They're going to live this life not by sight, what they see, what they feel, what they experience, what they read in the news. They're going to live this life by faith. Now, what's interesting is the New Testament, when they get a hold of that verse and that word from the Lord, they begin to unpack it and bring several applications from that same verse, all in different directions, and we're going to see how they make several applications of it. 
I don't know if you guys saw the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding, but in it, there's a funny scene where the bride-to-be is talking about her dad, her Greek father, and she says about him, hey, there's two things you need to know about my dad. Number one, he wants every non-Greek to know all they can about Greeks and Greek life. And number two, he's got this bizarre idea that whatever ailment, whatever needs fixing, it can be solved by Windex, right? You remember that scene? I got some off-brand Target Windex for us right now. And he says, you got a scene of him kind of cleaning his car. And then he sees that he has some uh, poison ivy on his arm and he applies it there. And Windex, Windex can answer everything. Windex can solve everything. That's almost what the New Testament writers are doing with this one verse, Habakkuk 2.4, when they say, Christian, is your foundation shaky? Habakkuk 2.4. Christian, is your sanctification slow going? Habakkuk 2.4. Christian, are you getting tired and worn out in this life of faith? Habakkuk 2.4. Windex, 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 the righteous shall live by faith. Remember that and apply that. So we're going to look at three New Testament passages, each just very briefly, and see the three times that this verse is quoted so that we can understand and unpack what it means to live by faith. Let's start with the first one. It comes to us in the book of Romans, and the point is, Romans says, receiving God's righteousness by faith. Now, if you've read the book of Romans, you know that that's Paul's magnum opus. It's his clearest explanation of the gospel. It's 16 very dense chapters on God's eternal plan to bring Jew and Gentile together into salvation for all time. It's a beautiful letter. But right out of the gate, chapter one, before we even get into the thick of it, Paul hits us with Habakkuk 2. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now, I don't want to belabor this point because we talked about it on Good Friday, but this is all centered around that great theological idea that turns our lives upside down, and that is justification, justification by faith. And if you want to understand that, go back to the Good Friday sermon and see that in the YouTube channel and understand what justification is. But we said justification is an issue of righteousness. I don't have righteousness and I need righteousness. And what God is offering in the gospel is to take my unrighteousness in forgiveness and to impute to me Jesus' righteousness so that I will be declared righteous, made righteous in his sight. So Paul begins telling this story in Romans. And he says in Romans chapter 1, you've got irreligious people, people who don't know God, they're far from God, they want nothing to do with God, and they parade their unrighteousness. They're bold and unashamed about their unrighteousness, and God will judge them. But then he turns in Romans chapter 2 
to address the religious people. They don't parade their unrighteousness. They try to hide their unrighteousness from God behind their religion. And Paul says they too will be judged unless either group, irreligious or religious, can hear the good news of Romans chapter 3 that unlike their unrighteousness that they have, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So when Paul is quoting Habakkuk 2.4, the righteous shall live by faith, he means very specifically, not just as Habakkuk did, believing in God's plan for the world, but he means specifically receiving God's salvation, receiving God's gift of righteousness by faith. That's what it means to live by faith. So Christian, when I wake up in the morning, I receive, I enjoy, I marvel at God's gift of righteousness. That's faith. The devil straight away wants to condemn me, straight away wants me to live by sight, wants me to live by the flesh, wants me to trust in myself. His condemnation begins before my feet hit the ground and a life by faith says that my righteousness is a gift. It's from my loving father and in faith I look to him and I receive that gift of his salvation and I trust him when he says that I have been made righteous in his sight. How happy it makes our Heavenly Father as he lovingly holds out this gift of righteousness when we, his saints, take it up daily, daily receive it from him, believe what he says about us, and enjoy that great gift of our salvation. And how sad it makes our Heavenly Father it must, when we leave the gift of righteousness gift-wrapped on the bedside table and get up without it and walk throughout our morning in self-condemnation or trying to piece together our own righteousness. May it never be the righteous live by faith, and faith means receiving, holding, enjoying, living on the foundation of a righteousness that is given to us by God in Christ alone. That's Romans' use of Habakkuk. But then you've got Galatians, which is a different spin on the prophet. Galatians is walking in God's power by faith. So the church in Galatia, very different church than the church in Rome, they had a big faith problem. They already did what the Romans did. They did the Romans faith thing. They received God, his gift of righteousness by faith. But then soon after they made a switch in their Christian lives. After becoming Christians by faith, these Galatians then tried to prove their Christianity by work. So the Galatian thinking goes, God has saved me by grace. That's his free gift. But then I keep God's law to stay in his kingdom and to keep him happy. And that's my work. Now, I don't think 
Many of us in this church would admit this out loud or say as much, but functionally, a lot of us live where the Galatians lived. We are working to be self-made men and women in God's kingdom, putting our value, putting our confidence, putting the assurance of our salvation in our work, in our moral living, in our obedience, in our ministry, in our church attendance, in our spiritual gifts, in the ways that we shepherd our family, we are putting our value in our work and it's almost like we can't help ourselves. Paul is incensed. He's furious. He writes to the Galatians, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? In other words, you started so well. You started in the gospel, walking in the Holy Spirit, by faith in God's power. What made you switch halfway through and begin trusting in yourselves? May it never be, Paul says. And then he hits them in Galatians 3.11 with Habakkuk 2. Don't do that. The righteous live by faith. When Paul quotes that, he doesn't mean what he meant back in Romans, receiving righteousness by faith. He means now walking by faith, living our Christian lives in Christ by the power that he gives us to live and not in ourselves by the power of the flesh. I can't say it any better than Galatians 2.20 where Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. My life is not mine. This day is not mine. This body is not mine. These plans are not mine. I am not mine. I died at my conversion. I was crucified. And the life I now live in this body, I live by faith. It is a life that is animated by a vision of God who loves me and gives himself for me and now gives me the power that it means to walk in him in step with the Spirit day by day to live by this faith. When I face sin and temptation... Idols and urges, pride and self-sufficiency, I remember I have been crucified with Christ. I live by faith in the Son of God. The righteous shall live by faith. In His presence, by His power, using His work in me to do His will. That's what it means to live by faith in the book of Galatians. You've got Romans. You've got Galatians. Now, finally, you have the book of Hebrews, hoping in God's reward by faith. Now, the Hebrew church, the Hebrew Christians are struggling. 
They're not the Romans. They're not the Galatians. It has been a hard slog of Christianity of late. They had done way back at their conversion, the Romans by faith thing. And then they were animated by the Galatians by faith thing. But it's been a while. And the road has been hard going. And now they are tired and they're losing confidence. Sins are starting to entangle them and they're slowing down. The writer says that they're weary and faint-hearted. He says that they have drooping hands and weak knees. Do any of you feel like that this morning? I mean, I absolutely feel the weight, the slog of faith this morning. Overrun worn out, tripped up, sliding back. We've tried to receive by faith. We've tried to walk by faith. But now the going has gotten tough. And so the writer to the Hebrews hits us with a little bit of Windex, (laughs) a little bit of Habakkuk 2, when he says to us in chapter 10, Therefore, Do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. My righteous one shall live by faith. Do you see how the writer is using faith? Romans was saying that in a sense, faith looks backward to our salvation, to the grounds of our salvation by receiving righteousness. And Galatians says, in a sense, faith looks presently to this life now when it thinks about Christ in us and his power, receiving his power to then walk by faith in him. But now the writer to the Hebrews says, you know, in a sense, faith is looking forward. It's looking forward in hope to our great reward in Christ. Right after the writer to the Hebrews quotes Habakkuk 2.4, he then leads us into Hebrews chapter 11, which is that great hall of faith. Now, these just aren't quaint, inspiring Old Testament stories to get us going in the morning. They have a very specific agenda in the way they're being told. By faith, Abraham and Sarah left their homeland to do what God told them to do. So they lived a very comfortable life in Ur, which was wonderful for the flesh. But then by faith, they left their homeland. They became exiles and strangers because they were looking for a better country, a heavenly one, God's promised land for them, which only would have made sense by faith. It made no sense whatsoever in the flesh. Then you've got Moses who by faith traded the wealth of Egypt for the riches of Christ, Moses gave up palace life in Egypt. That is something that anybody in the flesh would kill to have, that kind of prominence and wealth. And he left it behind and went out in the exodus into the wilderness, which is madness without faith. You've got these men and women in Hebrews chapter 11 who lived 
by faith. That is, they banked their entire lives on something that was not yet in their possession. So when Hebrews quotes Habakkuk, the righteous shall live by faith, he means the righteous will live by hope in what God has in store for us. It looks forward to that great reward. Christian, not everything we do in God's kingdom, as citizens of God's kingdom, will make sense to those who live outside of God's kingdom. It shouldn't. If everything makes sense to those outside God's kingdom, what we're doing inside God's kingdom, we're doing something wrong. We are not living by this forward-looking faith in the hope of our reward. We are not the aliens and exiles and strangers of Hebrews chapter 11. Something is wrong. We've got this American cultural narrative that tells us the story of a happy life, that you make money, that you collect as many toys as you can, that you live for yourself, and that you retire well, and the kingdom of God tells a completely different story. Our eyes are set on Jesus. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith, and where He leads, we are going to follow because He is the prize, He is the reward. If that means leaving my home, if that means leaving my family, my wealth, my reputation, my good reward that I was receiving in this life, my comfort, so be it. God has prepared for me a far better country that is a heavenly one to enjoy with him in Christ forever. The righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. By faith, we receive God's righteousness. By faith, we walk in the power that He gives us. By faith, we look ahead to that great and beautiful reward. The righteous shall live by faith. Let's pray together. Father, I'm tired of living by sight. I'm tired of living by circumstances. I'm tired of living by the narrative that the world around me gives me. Would you remove the scales from my eyes? Give me a stalwart faith to see the world as you see it, to see my righteousness as you see it, to see the power available to us as you see it, to see that great reward as you see it. Let the righteous live by faith. Let this church live by faith. We plead with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, hear now this beautiful benediction. The writer to the Hebrews says, Look to Jesus. He's the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. Amen.